he came from nothing. He conquered everything. All right. This is one of the uh, the quotes, you know, attributed to this man. Tell me who this man is. Okay, and and something about him. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He. He. You could say he lost. Uh, yeah, he lost everything at the end. That's true. That's true. I mean, some people would say that. You know, some people would would uh, would definitely say, say that. Some people said that he, uh, you know, he he achieved a lot, and uh, you know, he left uh, a legacy, right? Maybe good, maybe bad. That is up to you to decide. <laughs> good, good, good. But you know, again, Sanya and Kamen, you know. Everyone loses everything. <laughs> you will. When um, I watched a movie, and when you die, you will lose everything. Everyone loses everything. You're not going to take your millions. You're not going to take your uh, your castles. Um, yeah, you might be on someone's wall. You might be in a in a photo album. You might leave some things on the internet, but. When you lose, when you die, you lose everything. Everyone loses everything, right? And so, um, so yeah, you know, it is, uh, you know, it's part of of the human experience. And Napoleon is no different, right? He he lived and he died, and he lost everything when he died, right? So Maria says, Napoleone Buonaparte. That's the the Italian or the Corsican way because he was from Corsica, the island of Corsica in the Mediterranean. And the French word was Bonaparte or Bonaparte. Very nice. So there was a new blah, blah, blah I was eager to see. Now, you could say a new movie. What's another word for movie? There was a new release. A new lease, okay. A new leasing, okay. Or a new listing. Which one would be a be the best word to describe a new movie that came out? Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Eager to be excited. Okay. Prequel. Great word. It means yeah. It is the story before the story. That's a great way to explain it. Yeah. So you have the sequel. This is the story. Sequel is after. Prequel is before. Pre means before. And so prequel and sequel. Sequel is the second part. Okay. Very nice. So I, I watched the trailer before. I watched the trailer like a week ago. And I was eager to, to watch the, the new release, the new release of Napoleon. Now, it was released last week on Thanksgiving Day. And I really, really was excited about this movie for several reasons. But before, let's look at this. All right. So the story, what would be the story? Okay. Another word for the story. Okay, would be the cast, the plot, okay, the tag, 
Okay, or the line. This means the story, the sequence of events that happen. Okay, the sequence of events that happen. Okay, let's see who knows this one. Okay, remember, yeah, so, <laughs> so you can uh, you can vote. You know, um, that's better than writing in the in the chat because, but that's okay. If you write in the chat, if you like to write in the chat, that's okay. It's also it also helps other students because they read, so they listen and they read, and it's very dynamic, right? Um, so yeah, so. When you develop a story, and you will see the story of Napoleon is a perfect plot because it is designed with the exposition, the complication, the climax, the resolution, and the conclusion. This is how you want to structure a story. Okay, they call it the Freitag, right? It's spelled Freitag. But in German, it's Freitag, which means uh, Friday. But it's also a, you know, um, you know, free day. But the spelling is a little bit different. Okay, so Gustav Freitag was a 19th century 19th century literary critic, 1863. He proposed that Shakespeare's plays, all these plays, Shakespeare. Remember, we talked about Shakespeare. He's one of the greatest storytellers in all of history. Now he he you know, came up with the idea that all of Shakespeare's stories and the best stories are divided in five major sections. They're called acts. And this is the plan, okay? And so when you watch movies, it's important. I like to look at the different stages. You will look, we'll talk about the different stages of Napoleon's uh, story, but it's, it's important to see where are we in the on the pyramid on the journey exposition is the beginning where you see him you get to know him he starts complication that's the the challenges climax right so here exposition is he's he's a he's a soldier he's he's uh starting out his career complication the wars, climax, he becomes the emperor, you know, resolution, you know, he's, uh, he loses the battle, conclusion, you know, he's, um, you know, he was cast away. So it's important to look at that. So very nice, everyone. Important thing is plot here. Okay, great. So Irena, you got the actor. Good. So the actor is Joaquin Phoenix. Now, who is the director? And this director is, is shown here. He is shown here. Okay. And so choose which one. Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, or Ridley Scott? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. It's not Javier Bardem. Um, it is a different one. It is a different one. So, mm, okay. It is you know, it is Ridley Scott. Now, here's a point, you know, for movies, especially really good movies, you, what I look at is the relationship between the actor, the main actor, and the director. 
<laughs> so, so remember comment, just nice words, okay? Nice words here. We don't want to use bad words, okay? Point number one. Um, and, um, you know, point number two, let's try to be positive, okay? You know, let's try to be positive. Let's try to be constructive. Let's, you know, we want a good learning environment, okay? And, but of course, you know, all opinions are welcome. It's just how you present it, right? Presentation, diplomacy, and tact. You want to be tactful in the chat. I know it's easy to write blah, 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 but we want to be diplomatic here, okay? And um, so, you know, they could be, they could be. Um, and, uh, but, you know, also, um, you know, this is, it would be interesting to see why. But back to the point, the actor and the director, right? So these two, these two people, you know, they have a long history. Ridley Scott, a renowned filmmaker, he's a filmmaker, he's a director, he is celebrated for his distinctive visual style. So he is, uh, if you've watched some of his movies, Gladiator's visual, it's action, really good takes, amazing cinematography, especially for action, adventure, science fiction. And he's, uh, you know, his contributions to the science fiction genre, to the historic uh, epics, to the epics, these stories, um, historical novels, or then, you know, absolutely amazing, especially because of the visuals. Joaquin Phoenix, he's exceptionally talented, right? He's very, very talented. He, if you know, he's won an Oscar. He was in The Joker. And he's had a lot of different roles, right? A lot, a lot of roles. Groundbreaking means that they're new. They're, so he is, uh, ground, groundbreaking is great. It is amazing. It's it's uh, revolutionary. They are, uh, you know, they're, yeah, they're, they change pretty much the, uh, just exceptional, just exceptional, great, fantastic. So his, uh, his roles, right? He's had so many roles. His most famous one is the Joker. He won an Oscar and he immerses himself in the characters. That's what makes him great. Okay. Um, he, he tries to become the character. Okay. He tries to become the character. He studies it. He's very, very good at playing the character. He reads psychology books. He, he, he changes who he is pretty much for the movie. And you really do feel this. So when I think he's the best actor, one of the best actors nowadays, very, very intense. And so whenever there's a director like Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix, one of the best directors and one of the best actors, I want to see that movie. I want to see that work. And so here you see them. This was a collaboration between Ridley Scott and Joaquin Phoenix in the film Gladiator, one of the greatest films, you know, in the last, uh, you know, in the last few decades. Um, and I think it won like 11 
Academy Awards, Oscars. Now, this was when the, the, the relationship started. They started working together. And that remember, that was more than 20 years ago. More than 20 years ago. So, you know, a movie is kind of like a band, right? Like a band, like, um, you know, the different members of the band, the different, the singers, the musicians, they, they feed off of each other. You see, so, you know, the guitarist plays and then the singer feels the energy of the guitar and, and then the drummer starts, you know, with a beat and then all of them together, they build that song. They create that song. The same goes with movies. You have actors and directors and directors, they have the vision and actors have that ability to become someone. Okay. And yes, Yana says, this movie is amazing. Yeah. No, Gladiator is amazing. And, um, and so, yes. So looking at the team that produces a movie, the company also, and everyone around, right? The editors, and it is a team project. But the main thing is the main actor and the director. What kind of relationship do they have? And, um, and understanding that can be a great insight into the, the movie. All right, so Napoleon, Napoleon Bonaparte, or Napoleon Bonaparte, born in Corsica in 1769, rose from a blah, blah, blah background. Well, the background, it's kind of the social class, but we don't want to say social class because that's very classist. We want to be more polite, more politically correct. I don't really like that idea, but you, you know, we can't say, oh, so would it be poor, noble, or modest? What would be the best word that fits here, A, B, or C? So he was born in Corsica, right, an island in the Mediterranean, right, you know, part of France, um, but with uh, an Italian, you know, big Italian influence. And uh, he rose, meaning he grew up or he, he comes from. Yeah, everyone, the whole cast and all the film crew, they make a great team. Exactly. Exactly. Hello, Frank. Okay. So what is the best way to describe his background? So the best way to be to say modest. Now you could say poor, but that's a little bit offensive. And he wasn't really poor, poor. He was just not rich. He was normal, you know, lower middle class, maybe. He wasn't well, super low. He was lower. He wasn't noble. He wasn't an aristocrat. He wasn't part of the noble, uh, the, the royal families, the aristocracy. He was from a modest background but still not a peasant, you know, he still, you know, went to, um, you know, to the military academy and all of these things. Mm, ability different than skill. Mm, there's a different focus, JPG, JPEG. <laughs> so it's very similar. Ability is similar to skill, yes. So modest. Now here, he became one of the most influence, 
influenced or influential okay figures figures are like people in european history okay meaning he was um he he changed right he he changed history you know his he affected the world you know this was one man that 200 years ago he you know the world will never be the same after after him the world changed so he changed the world you could say now technically it's true you know if you're a historian then you would uh you would uh, say that he wasn't alone. Some people say he was just a puppet, that he was working, you know, he was part of a team again, right? That he wasn't alone. People think, oh, he, he did it by himself. But there was a group of people, right? Most of the time. Uh, oh, okay, Sanya has seen Napoleon and Josephine in another movie, Right? Exactly, it's a love story. Nice. I'll have to see that one. So, if someone has a lot of influence, they are influential. You have a lot of people who are influential now. We have this new term, influencers. They have influence over people. People are influenced by them. And Napoleon was influential. He had a lot of influence, right? He, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, you know, now his military genius, right? He's, he's seen by many to be a military genius, right? And so his genius was A, evidenced. So evidenced, right? You have evidence, okay, or evident, okay? So uh, meaning that you could see, you could see his genius, you could see his way of thinking, okay, uh, by the way that he, by the decisions he made on the battlefield. <laughs> Thank you, Zex. You know, you, you guys inspire me. You know, I'm a, oh, you know, I just do what I can. I do what I can, I share what I know, I try to give value. I try to create conversations, you know, so, so thank you for that. Okay. Good, good, good. So it was evidenced. It was evidence or it was evident. So the best one is evident. It was evident. It was obvious. You could see it. Okay, you could see his, his battles. I mean, you know, he won so many battles in his early stage. Then later on, he made a few big mistakes, especially in Russia. That was a big mistake. Big, big mistake. You know, in, in Russia, he lost uh, like half a million men in one battle. In one battle, he, he lost half a million men. And... Um, that was that was a big mistake. That was a big mistake, and that that's a lesson for everyone. That you know you can win, you can win you know ten battles in a row, but sometimes it's that one battle where you lose everything, 
and that's the end of you. Now it wasn't the end of him. He he continued Waterloo, and that was the final. That was the end of Napoleon, pretty much. He didn't die, but that was his last battle. That's where the French lost. And uh, but let's focus on his brilliance, right? His uh, his brilliance is his intelligence. Now, you can have your own opinion. Later, I'm going to ask you if you think he's a hero, if you think he's a tyrant. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Everyone is talking about that. What is the, what is the story? What is the real story? Now, you know, Zach says the Russian winter was a big mistake. Exactly. It's always the same thing. You know, people, they don't, they underestimate the power of the Russian winter. You know, the, the horses, they can't, they can't survive. People who are not used to that, it's very impossible. It's, very, it's impossible. It's very difficult to, um, to fight in those conditions, right? So, but, you know, you, you've seen, you know, it throughout the ages, throughout the centuries, that it's not a good, you know, the Russian winter, you know, the Northern European winter, you could say it in general, you know, that is, that is not uh, a good idea, right? To fight over there in winter. Good. So it was evidenced, right? We see it. We know that he was brilliant. So let's continue here. His brilliance, and that means his intelligence. He was a very, very smart man. Maybe he was evil. Maybe he was good. You can tell me what you think. But one thing is sure, he was smart. And he was more than smart, maybe. Okay. Common says after the treaties, after 1807, so he became a tyrant. Could be. Could be. A lot of the times that's what happens. Power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Now, he was crowned emperor in about, I think, 1805, around that time, uh, on Christmas Day. I believe it was in Notre Dame in Paris. You know, he crowned himself. So typically, all the emperors, the kaisers, the tsars, the kings, it was the pope, right, the, who, who put the crown on his head. But Napoleon said, no, no, no. I'm going to put it on myself to show people that he was a self-made man, that he, he's not going to let anybody put the crown on his head Oh, he's going to put it on himself. Okay, so um, good, good, good. Yeah, so I'm explaining a lot. So thank you. Thank you, JJ. Definitely let me know if you have any questions. Okay, the structure today is different. It's more about, uh, you know, content, right? It's very fast moving. Sometimes it's more practical. Today, it is about, uh, you know, <laughs> content. Thank you, Sonia. Very nice. Was demonstrating. Okay, so here, his brilliance. So here, his brilliance was or demonstrated. So A, demonstrated. B, is demonstrated. C, was demonstrated. Or D, was demonstrating. Meaning, demonstrating, de to demonstrate means to show. So, which one would be the best one? So, Austerlitz, that's, you know, that was a famous battle, a famous, famous battle, 
you know, I think it was like maybe in uh, in uh, in Eastern Europe was um, it's you know present day uh, Slavkov, you know, it was back then. It was in uh, in Austral Hungary, you know. Uh, now it would be current uh, you know, Czech Republic, you know. It's in the Czech Republic. Back then, it was Austro-Hungary, uh, Austerlitz. That was probably the Germanic name for it. But you know, in right now, Slavkov would be the the location. So it was demonstrated. It was demonstrated. Okay, so you can look into those battles um, in the movie. You could well I'm, watch the movie. I'm not going to tell you, um, and then you can tell me if it's historically accurate. Which a lot of people, a lot of you can watch video. A lot of YouTubers and like Common was saying, a lot of French people are saying, well, it is not technically some things um, were changed, you know, possibly, right? But it's very very hard. You know, there's a lot of different uh, opinions when it comes to history right and different portrayals and sometimes you know sometimes with plays and movies you know they're not documentary films let's put it that way a movie is not a documentary if you want a documentary you can watch a documentary these movies sometimes some things are enhanced for your viewing pleasure passive exactly on it it is passive. So it was demonstrated. So he demonstrated his brilliance, but his his brilliance was demonstrated okay, in these battles. Now, Napoleon, he played a role. He played a pivotal role in the French Revolution of 1789. People don't understand this, but that's when his career started. All right. And then you know, after the revolution, he became the first consul and later emperor of the French. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So this is a, a you know a painting of, of Napoleon, and yeah, he became. So it was it was gradually. He was a general. He was a soldier, then a general, then a consul, and then emperor. Right, king, emperor. Now, people say, well, you know, he he lost everything. Well, that's true. We all lose everything when we die, you know. But people say, well, what did he leave behind? Which is the big question. What do you, what's your legacy? Now, again, maybe you like him, maybe you hate him. But one of Napoleon's lasting legacies is the Napoleonic Code. The Napoleonic Code. Okay, what is this? Well, it is a civil code. It is a civil civil code. And it's, and it, of course, it's the law, right? Now, it was in 1804, and it influenced the legal systems around the world, right? It completely, it was a big legacy, it changed the whole world. People forget about this. People always say, oh, the, the wars and he killed a lot of people and blah, blah, blah. It's true, 
right? But these, uh, this civil code recognize you know, some principles of civil liberty, equality, okay? And, uh, you know, the secular state, the secular nature of the state. Now, of course, critics, people say it wasn't original. It was based on, you know, the you know, Roman, Roman principles, et cetera, et cetera, right? But it was a big thing. It was a very big thing 200 years ago. Consul is a position, JJ. It's kind of like a... You know, kind of like a, a position of power, you know, maybe like a prime minister or like a president, a consul. Exactly, Sanya, right? So, you know, the civil code, right? Napole the Napoleonic code, you know, we, a hundred and like more than a hundred countries, um, uh, you know, follow this code more or less around the world 120 countries that's a lot a lot a lot a lot of countries and lawyers think that it, that um you know it's quite a good code now going back to his story after his defeat after he lost the battle in 1815 right in waterloo you know he basically he fought the british there and the Austrians at the same time. Actually, it was, I think it was the Prussians. Um, it felt Prussia, yeah, it was Prussia and Britain. And uh, Britain had a very good strategy there. You know, when the cavalry attacked, basically all, instead of a flat line, they became squares, squares. And so that was much harder for the cavalry, the horses to, you know, to destroy. Right, so that was a very good uh, tactic by um, by the Duke of Wellington, who was the military leader of Britain at that time. But anyway, after his defeat at Waterloo in 1815, Napoleon was exiled. He was kicked out. He was exiled to the remote island of what? Is it St. Helena or is it St. Helena? or Elba, Elba, okay, which one? This was in 1815, where he spent the final years of his life. Okay, Uranus <laughs> says, Abba has a song about it, interesting. Exactly, yeah, he was a great fan of Alexander the Great and Caesar, that's, he wanted, he was, he said he was a new Caesar, the new Alexander, exactly. And if you see a lot of, um, a lot of his, uh, you know, the paintings and everything. When he was coronated, he had the Caesar, like the the crown, with the leaves that the, the Caesars wore in, at the time of the Roman Empire. <laughs> okay, so uh, very nice. <laughs> good, good, good. All right, so. Um, Defeat is failure. When you lose, JJ, that's your defeat. Very nice. So this one is actually the, the first time he got kicked out, it was St. Helena. Oh, actually, the first time it was Elba. The second time it was St. Helena. So he got exiled twice. But after Elba, he came back 
and fought. He came back from his first island, you know, and uh, but then the final one was St. Helena. So let's continue here. Napoleon's legacy is a subject of debate. A lot of people are debating. Some view him as a military genius and visionary leader, while others criticize his authoritarian rule. Here's your, your question. Napoleon was a hero or was he a tyrant? Was he a good guy or a bad guy? What do you think? So he was a genius, right? A military genius. He was a visionary leader. He had that vision of a new Europe, a Europe that was unified. Now, some people say he just wanted to fight. He just loved to, but other people think that he wanted to unite Europe, that he felt there were too many, too many different interests, that there should be one European from France to Russia, you know, from Spain, you know, the whole continent should be united. Exactly. Yeah. So he, the first exile was Elba. Then he came back to Europe, fought. And after Waterloo, he was exiled to St. Helena. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so about 50-50, right? Which is, which makes sense. Which makes sense, right? Um, it's hard. Nothing is like common says, nothing is black and white, right? He, maybe he did some good things. He did some bad things. Most people do good things and bad things, okay? So... Even if you think you are 100% good, I'm sure we all make mistakes. We all do bad things sometimes. Okay, so that's what we need to remember about humans and people. So his influence extends beyond politics as he left an indelible mark on art, right? His, you know, people forget about this, literature and military strategy, right? So the Napoleonic age, it was an age it was only about maybe 15 years, maybe 10, 15 years. But, you know, that was a time where France was very, very powerful, right? And the Napoleonic age influenced art, literature, and military strategy, right? Very, very influential. The, Napoleon's ambitious military campaigns, campaigns are his... Uh, his, you know, his moves, right? His, uh, his battles, his uh, strategies, they reshaped, they changed, right? They changed the shape, the form of the political landscape of Europe. Especially, you know, after Napoleon, after there was a Congress of Vienna in 1816, uh, I believe, or 1815, around that time, 1815, 16, the Congress of Vienna, where a lot there was a political, a lot of countries came together and said, we can't have these wars. Again, well, of course, a hundred years later, a, uh, a worse war, um, you know, uh, you know we, everyone knows about that, the 20th century, but basically a hundred years before World War I, we already had this, right? So the political landscape of Europe changed and his expansionist goals led to his downfall, right? He was too, 
he was too ambitious, right? He was too ambitious. Yeah, Zex, exactly. Like if you go to the military schools around the world, they're still talking. They're saying, oh, this strategy, of course, they adapt it to the Air Force, to the, even to the space, you know, because the ideas, even though he used cavalry and, you know, cannons and infantry, the principles can be applied to, to air battles. They can be applied to space warfare. They can be adapted to cyber warfare. They can be adapted because they're principles. Okay, so you go to the military academies anywhere around the world, and people are still studying his principles. Okay, thank you, Sonia. Good, good, good. Thank you. Okay, so here let's let's look at and the last slide right here. You can go see him. You can go see his tomb in Paris. This is his tomb. It's called uh, Les Invalides. Les Invalides in Paris. It's the Golden Dome. It's a Golden Dome. You can go inside, and for 10 euros, now it's probably 15, but for about 10, 15 euros, um, you can go and see his tomb, his resting place. It's a beautiful building, beautiful building. His, uh, you know, his tomb looks like a ship. He's there. It looks like a church almost, and that's where his body is. You can't see his body. You can't see it, but you know that he's inside there. Okay, so this is it. You know, he's, um, you know, maybe he was good, maybe he was bad, but he is part of our history. He's part of European history. He's part of world history. And as you can see, Napoleonic law, um, military strategy, he is part of the world.